Welcome to the Greg Varner and Associates Podcast. I'm your host, JC Fisher. With more than 20 years of legal experience, we strive to seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. It's our goal to keep listeners informed on legal issues affecting our communities and your life, liberty, and property. The information provided on this podcast does not constitute legal advice. All content is for general informational purposes only. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. Visit our website at www.gregbarnerlaw.com. There are many considerations to take into account when you're thinking about getting a divorce. Obviously, divorce is not easy. So I've come up with a list of approximately 10 considerations that I feel people should take into account when they're considering a divorce or considering leaving their marriage or their spouse. Number one, if you're in a marriage and you are a victim of abuse, of physical, sexual abuse, you need to take action immediately. And without going into all of the challenges of leaving an abuser, you should consult the authorities, law enforcement, maybe consider doing some type of protection from abuse or what we call a PFA in Alabama. But you need to take some type of action for the sake of yourself and for the sake of your children. Number two, I often ask clients when we're consulting, have you considered marital counseling? Have you done any type of marital counseling? Many times people have not taken those steps before considering a divorce. Have you taken every step to retrieve this marriage or is it truly irretrievable? With that said, there may be some of you listening who say, Well, yeah, we considered it. We set up the appointment. He never showed up or she never showed up. You do have to remember that it does take two. It takes two to make the marriage work and it can't be unilateral. It can't be one-sided. And so if you are with a partner who is absolutely unwilling to rekindle the marriage or to do the work to make the marriage work, you do have to take that into consideration when you're considering staying in a loveless or not just loveless, just a a bad marriage. Number three, don't vent on social media. Don't allude to certain things on social media because it can and will be used against you in a court of law. Stay out of Facebook Messenger, stay out of Instagram DMs. On that note, If your spouse is posting things on social media that are either, you know, inappropriate or adulterous or uh, emotionally and uh, verbally abusive, screenshot. From an attorney's perspective, I do think it's important to capture and gather that kind of evidence in the event that your divorce does go to litigation. That can include any of those behaviors that I mentioned. On that note, in Alabama... Just because you are separated from your spouse, that does not mean that you should go out and get a new girlfriend or boyfriend. Here in Alabama, that can be used against you when it comes to adjusting the property divisions or alimony considerations. You are not divorced until you have a final divorce decree. 
So until you've got that final decree, you are considered married to your spouse and being separated is not enough. Having marital troubles and having already filed for divorce is not enough. You need a final decree. So stay away from romantic relationships with non-spouses. And as we all know, perception is reality. So even if you're saying it's not a romantic relationship yet, the perception of a romantic relationship, you should also avoid. Number four would be to begin doing an inventory of your assets, uh, your property, your debts. Usually people have not taken a full inventory of what their assets and debts actually are. Especially those of you who have been married for 10 years or longer, you've accumulated so much property and assets over the last 10 years that oftentimes you don't have a full picture of what you actually own individually or together. And in Alabama, just because you think it's separate and individual property, that may not necessarily be the case. It still may be considered a marital asset that's subject to division in the divorce. So you want to take a full inventory of those assets. And these are the things that you need to be thinking about. Your checking accounts, your bank accounts, your retirement accounts, your real estate, your personal property that includes vehicles, boats, jet skis, lawnmowers, clothing, furs, jewelry, investments, stocks, bonds. Oftentimes it's helpful to create a Word doc or a spreadsheet that has all of that information readily available with account balances, the location of where those assets are held, and any other pertinent information. You also want to take an inventory of your debts. When I'm considering an equitable division of assets and property, I'm looking at what is the value of the net marital assets? What's the value after all of the debts have been divvied out? So in order to do that calculation and determine what is equitable as as it relates to the property division, you want to know how many debts You've got what balances on those debts, credit cards, loans, home equity loans, mortgages, anything that you have that is a debt, you need to know what exists, not just in your joint names, but in your individual names. The next thing you want to consider is making a budget. Now, some of you already live on a budget. You may do your budget as a couple, or you may have individual budgets Most of you have no budget, let's be real. So (laughs) now's a good time if you're considering a divorce to create a budget, some type of understanding of what income is coming in and what expenses are going out. And there are a couple different ways that you can take that inventory to create a budget. You can look at the last three months of credit card statements. You can look at the last three months of bank statements and you can kind of average out those expenses into a true budget. And you want to account for any income coming from any employment whatsoever or income generating source and your sole expenses. Now, if you believe that you will be a primary caregiver for the children, you may want to include the expenses for your children as well, because that will be relevant if you go through with the divorce. That way, if you've got a picture of what your budget is a single person, 
you can determine, do you have a deficit as a result of this person's income being out of the picture? I have my clients create their single budget so that I can determine, hey, do we need to consider alimony in certain circumstances? Knowing what your deficit is as it relates to your income and expenses allows you, number one, some peace of mind to know, okay, these are the numbers I'm looking at if I go through with this. And number two, a plan to move forward to compensate and make up for that deficit. The next thing I want to recommend is considering what's going to happen with your children. Now, I want to go into this with you all understanding that children are resilient and co-parenting when done well can work. So be thinking about and in the best case scenario, talking about with your spouse, if you both are on the same page as it relates to the divorce, be talking about potential custody schedules and arrangements. If you are not on the same page as it relates to that, be thinking about that on your own. You know, are you going to be the primary caregiver? Are you going to have the child the majority of the time? And is the other parent going to have the child every other weekend? Are you guys going to do a week on week off? That looks like the child's with mom Monday through Sunday and then with dad the next Monday through Sunday and you alternate weekly. That is hard to come to terms with because a lot of times, and not just mothers, you know, parents can't imagine having to share their time, share their quality time with their children, with somebody else, especially somebody that at the moment they hate. And the alternative of not coming to an agreement is letting the judge decide and that may not always go in your favor. So definitely be thinking about your custody schedules. It doesn't have to be week on, week off. It doesn't have to be every other weekend. You can get very creative. There's what's called a 2-2-3 schedule. It has worked for some people. Some people hate it. Some people love it. It's Monday, Tuesday, mom. Wednesday, Thursday, dad. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mom. Monday, Tuesday, dad. You just alternate in a 2-2-3 schedule. And some people love that because the kids are never, you know, away from their parents more than three days at a time. But that's something that you can also brainstorm with your attorney to come up with some creative ideas to make everybody happy as it relates to the custody schedule. Child support, again, could be its own episode. Thankfully, Alabama has what's called the child support guidelines. And without going into too much detail, it's essentially a formula slash calculation wherein you input the incomes of both parents. It's a two income calculation. It's got a formula that spits out a number and that is the amount of child support that the paying parent will pay. Whatever the number is, is what the number is. The parties do have the ability to deviate from that number but it has to be under certain circumstances and you just have to make a showing a good reason why you are deviating from the calculation that Alabama provides. Be careful who you talk to and who you confide in. A lot of the time people find out who their true friends are, who their true confidants are, and you cannot confide in everyone. In litigation, we have these things called subpoenas. And so your sister, who you may tell everything to secretly, may be subpoenaed to testify under oath, which means she's subject to telling the truth under oath. 
then if she lies under oath, there are consequences to that. So be very mindful who you confide in. Also, you really don't know who you can trust. Remember that no one gets everything they want. You go into a divorce oftentimes if you're angry, thinking, I will do everything in my power to make that other person's life a living hell. And you have to understand that in the end, you pray and hope that everything turns out for the greater good. Obviously, you want it to be for your greater good, but you also want to consider that it's for the children's greater good and try to put aside sometimes your emotions because when you're going through a divorce, you're not only dealing with the legal side, you're also grieving, right? You're grieving the marriage, you're grieving the relationship, you're grieving the loss of love, and it is truly a loss. And so sometimes you have to put that aside and and picture yourself 10 years from now, having moved on from this, possibly remarried or not, if you want to be the rich auntie, you know, traveling the world. But you do have to put some of that aside to make the best decisions in the situation. And so just remember that when you're negotiating and looking towards settlement, which is always the most ideal situation, that you keep in the back of your mind that you're not going to walk away with every single thing you want. Settlement, mediation, negotiation, it means everybody walks away having made some concessions and giving up something to gain something. And so just understand that, that it is some give and take when reaching an amicable agreement. Again, if you don't do that, then you leave it all up to the judge. And that may or may not work out in your favor. Hopefully it does. But sometimes judges see things differently. And remember, they don't know your family like you know your family. So that can go any which way. The next piece of advice I have is to hire a knowledgeable attorney. I strongly advise that you hire someone who is knowledgeable about family law, knowledgeable about divorce, um, and who practices specifically family law. It doesn't have to be a person who only practices family law, but somebody who is knowledgeable about that practice area. Because you don't want someone to put together a basic thrown together divorce that doesn't address all of your property and all of your debts and doesn't specifically lay out the custody schedule, you know, what time for pickup, what time for drop off, locations of exchanges. You want to make sure that your divorce agreement is thorough, is clear and does not leave room for error or confusion. Also, you want to make sure that if you don't come to an agreement and you have to go to trial, that your attorney is going to do a great job preparing, preparing you, and advocating on your behalf. The last recommendation I have is to know that there is life after divorce. Divorce is not the end. It may be the end of the marriage as you know it, But it's not the end of your life. It's not the end of your children's lives. And there is something beyond this season of your life. And you will come out on the other side in the end better off. If you know that this is something you need to do for your safety, for your mental health, for your well-being, for your children... Just know that everything is going to end up for the greater good. 
no matter how it turns out. And that's something that people need to keep in mind during the whole process is knowing their intentions, knowing their plans, and knowing that there is something better on the other side. Appreciate the relationship and the union for what it was and accept all that you've done to try to make it work. But if you get to the place where you know that it's not going to work and you feel like you've done everything that you can possibly do, it's okay to let go. And you won't hear that from everybody, but you will hear it from me. In an ideal world, we would all stay married to our partners and we would all live happily ever after. But that's not the reality for everyone. And that's okay. We'll have many more episodes to come on specifics as it relates to divorce considerations. So alimony considerations, child support guidelines, all these things that you probably want more information about. If you do want some immediate information, be sure to check out our blog posts on www.gregvarnerlaw.com. We have a plethora of blog posts to choose from on many different topics and considerations as it relates to divorce. But otherwise, we'll have some episodes coming out soon related to those specific questions that you have. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Music from this podcast is provided by Luke Holt from Coletta Valley. The song is called Stare at the Dark. Listen to Coletta Valley on Spotify and Apple Music. Do you have a legal issue you'd like us to cover? Send episode suggestions to our Instagram at Greg Varner Law or on Facebook at Gregory Varner and Associates. Check out our website at www.gregvarnerlaw.com.